1: Hello and welcome to Escaping Custerboros, the podcast where we re reminisce and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to now. My name is Rich and I'm joined by the one person I would absolutely love to leave on a satellite,
2: Davey. <laughs> Christ. I like how
1: every week you're like, I say every week, it's nice <laughs> we've been doing this weekly, shut up Every, um, so every time, every podcast, you're like, oh why do you say such a mean thing as if you've forgotten that I'm going to like borderline insult you at the I do, of I forget
2: that's what you do at the beginning, it's just uh, But also, it's mean, <laughs> so of course I'm going to be insulted
1: Yeah, well you should be used to it by now Welcome yeah, to episode 13, the finale of series 1 of Escaping Custerboros We'll have Hi. a bit of a, we'll have a bit of a, 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 a what's, the, what's sort of the the word? Like a, a heart. Um, I have no idea. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the, the phrase would be. I'm just going to be all soppy and stuff towards the end about.
2: A bit of a heartfelt gush.
1: Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking of. I couldn't think of what. I, I, I don't know, I've lost the plot uh, We're going to leave the whole thank you for listening and all that sort of stuff to the end For the first series and stuff Because we have got a reasonable amount to get through today Because we're going to be doing a quick rundown of the actual episode itself The Parting of the Ways episode 13 Aired on the yes. 18th of June 2005 We're going to get into a bunch of questions Because mm-hmm. we've been sent a load of we stuff Because lot. we're answering thank stuff for much. not only the actual episode itself But also for this series as a whole and speaking of the series as a whole, we're going to be doing a ranking yeah. of the stories. Sort you could say episode ranking, but we're going to be grouping together the uh, two two parts or three two-parters if you count Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways, which mm. I guess you you kind I, of can, but they're, they're sort of they almost cover they almost cover different topics.
2: I think they're still a two-parter though. They Because they're still like it. Which, if we're talking same story, then we're talking like same setting, right? So, like, therefore, yeah, yes, I think Bad Wolf, Pying and the Ways is, is a two-parter. Whereas, yeah. like, yeah,
1: so the uh, Bad Wolf ended with Rose waking up on the Dalek ship because we had no idea they were coming. Oh, yes. look, Daleks! Surprise! Ah. Uh, and the Doctor realizing they're back and saying that he will save her and they genuinely waste like no time like straight away it's just boom daleks let's go the doctor's here he's on his way uh he's been blown up by missiles but but it seems to be okay because the extrapolator's working
2: Mm Mhm. oh wait yeah because what does the extrapolator is that the force field that they set that's
1: the fully functional force field try saying that when you're drunk
2: Oh, and, then, yeah. and for my
1: next trick, which is the clip they used in Day of the Doctor, for when Day of the Doctor, uh, the fiftieth anniversary special. Lately.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just I'm not like I don't retain this kind of information. Like yeah, like you're the nerd, you're my encyclopedia. I don't need to remember that stuff.
1: This is why I didn't manage to do A level maths because <laughs> I remember all the uh, episode titles of Doctor Who. Um, and the the Doctor turns up on the Dalek ship. We have the fantastic sequence of the Dalek being blown up by Jack's gun, which, might I add, he said is then busted. Yeah, and yet it still comes back later in Doctor Who. Like I never really clocked that Does line it? after he shoots the Dalek in, um, in the in the TARDIS and parting of the ways. Yeah. he's like, "Oh, the gun's junk now," and yeah. yet when he when he's back in series four, he's got it again.
2: Unless he went back and got like a different one or Or like rebooted it or fixed it or something like this he could have done multiple things I have no idea it's jumped in that moment like I mean how long would it have taken him to fix the gun so
1: true but um I love the fact that the Dalek just somehow misses the Dalek spins around the doctor shouts Get down Rose And then the Dalek Just shoots the wall
0: <laughs> And it's like
1: Cool bro Well it's probably
2: done. just Very disoriented From ending up On the TARDIS
1: This isn't the Dalek ship What's this <laughs> Oh my god Boom I think that's the first time The Dalek's been in the TARDIS I think it probably, probably. is Probably
2: We didn't get to see much <laughs>
1: <laughs> No it didn't get very far Did it just, just Exterminate whatever's In front of him Cool But doesn't make it very far And the doctor Obviously is He's now The closest he has been to the this new race, this new race of Daleks. Like obviously, back in Dalek, he was convinced that he'd won. That mm-hmm. was it. He like one of his last lines in that episode is "I win," and yet here he is. <laughs> no lullaby in the TARDIS. Landed on the Dalek ship, uh, on the mothership, and there's a bunch of Daleks outside. And he has he does his sort of monologue again about the Time War. I think Jack even says, "Was it Jack?" That says, "I thought that was just a legend." Yeah, and he said, "I was there." Um, the Daleks, like the Daleks, seem to disappear. Is that the first the time he's
2: mentioned it since uh, Dalek, or has he mentioned it like in between? Them?
1: Yeah, because I, I think I remember. I think I must have mentioned on the podcast for Dalek that I thought that that was like that was kind of it. Yeah, of the of the time war being mentioned, despite obviously the kind of until the end.
2: <laughs> despite the fact that we've watched these recently, um, I, I still don't retain the information.
1: <laughs> There's still a lot of stuff, like I said, the, 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 just a line about Jack knackering his gun. She's never clocked that before Mm-mm. because it's not really relevant. Because as far as I was aware, he just somehow kept it because it's his trademark if he kept weapon. It,
2: do you not think he would have used it?
1: Well, he said it was junk. Then <laughs> I said we've we, we've been over this, Amy. Um, but yeah, the Doctor is in a bit of a state now because, as I said, he was convinced that he'd won, and yet they're back again, mm-hmm. and. He is not too happy but he's sort I mean, of he puts on that sort of yeah a bit of an understatement I, and I think I think there's a part of him that just doesn't really believe it you see him glare at this the, this bit of dalek that's been left in the tardis I wonder do you think he kept that or do you think
2: Oh no! Uh, I think he would have disposed of it on the way like, back. He'd have
1: like opened the doors, and just pushed just it pushed out. Pushed
2: it out, yeah, probably. There's a scene.
1: There's a scene in, a, in in Resurrection of the Daleks back in the 1980s. It's the Peter Davison Dalek story where a Dalek comes into the uh, the warehouse. I think it's in the second part, and right. they sh- they manage to shoot out its eye uh, stalk. It's a really cheesy sequence. It's 1980s Doctor Who, of course, well, it's cheesy. Damn. And there's these two dudes with like orgs like spraying at this Dalek and the Daleks just stood there like shaking away <sighs> and then boom, it's goes. And then he goes, Oh God, my eyes gone. And then they push it out of a, they push it out of a, it's like a, um, you know, like in a warehouse where you've got like a pulley outside and there's just like a normal, like, like a standard door, but it's like a story or two up and up up on the wall I
2: mean yeah sure that we'll opens out
1: whatever they just push the Dalek out of this door and the transition between it being a real Dalek and this really crap
2: fake prop, Dalek <laughs>
1: it's so bad oh wow well. and I've just had a I just had an image because it's like Peter Davison and some army dude pushing this Dalek out of, a, out of a out of a building just seeing Captain Jack and the Ninth Doctor do that pushing it out of TARDIS that would be so and funny just floating off into space or he keeps it in like a like a rogue's gallery. He just grabs a bit of uh, every enemy he's defeated and keeps it in like a in like a case. Kind of like Henry Van Staten or hmm. the Doom Slayer in that would Doom be Eternal a with his morbid. fortress where you can go and kill demons in the basement of the however, ship because why not? However. Yeah, all
2: right. It's gone. Isn't it? By like yeah it's They gone. blow it up and then suddenly it's not there.
1: The only time you see inside the TARDIS again from that point, I think, is when the Doctor sends Rose back and the Dalek's gone. So, yeah, assumedly in the time period of the Doctor coming out of the Dalek, the Dalek ship, ship and landing back on Satellite 5,
2: he's pushed the Dalek
1: out the door or he's taken it downstairs and shoved it in a cupboard.
2: I hope he's pushed out the door, to be honest with you. I,
1: I, I would love the idea of like the Doctor going into his... Because
2: it a bit had, like, like a, a room of requirement, and just like shoving all the lost, just like, like, the crap in there. in there, either <laughs> that or he's like
1: taking all the he, he just take I don't know he gets like a, a shovel and he like shovels out all the bits of blob that's <laughs> left, and then he takes about all the machinery, gets himself out his um not a Dremel, a like dremel. a jigsaw, like a, like a jigsaw, and he just like cuts away the front of it and he makes himself a chair, <laughs> like kind of like how uh, hunters have like. A head of like a I don't know an elephant above the fireplace. The doctor's there <laughs> in his like reading room. He's got the fireplace. there's a side man's head above it, and he just sits back in like a like a Dalek Empty chair. Dalek. like the whole front taken out. I'm just not so he's sure he'd like manage that. I'm sure he would. Either that, or he would just be, either that, or he would be just so like annoyed at the fact that Daleks are here that he's just gonna yeah push it out the door.
2: Could I think happen. that would be my preferred like exit. <laughs> Just booting but, it, just like poof, poof,
1: out the door. I even mean, better, he just pulls it out out of the TARDIS when he like, when he comes out onto the ship. Like, yeah. by the way, <laughs> like, guys, here got you your go. Pal here, um, <laughs> but I, I love the fact the Doctor puts on this really big, excited facade because even he says like, you know, the, you know the Daleks call me on the homeworld the oncoming storm, mm. blah 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 blah, and he puts on this really heightened uh, image of uh, what's the, oh, the word has left me.
2: I don't know. I can't help you.
1: Oh, uh, he's not comfortable. He's
2: eh? Oh my god. I what? hate
1: I hate I hate my own brain. I just I, I the have words completely left me. He's very say. confident. That's the word I'm right. looking for. He puts on this this aura of like really heightened self confidence. You know, he's strutting about, you know, he goes null and and yeah. you know, he you know, flaunts about, is... leans against the TARDIS, but it obviously it's all it's all a front. Is this kind of like is... the
2: first time that we see or hear that kind of oncoming storm sort of thing yeah, of, like, the I Doctor's power. Because, like, I don't know whether he's lying about that. He's probably not. But, um like... Because we
1: hear it a lot again in yeah, the future. Yeah, but, like,
2: this is the first time that we sort of get that kind of omnipresent feeling of the Doctor's power almost. Do you think this is, like, maybe where it came from? Potentially,
1: yeah. Because, I mean, obviously with the Time War as as... Time progresses through these series; that the more and more is known about the Time War, and when you get to like the Moffat era, which is something we will cover, which mm-hmm. is sort of something that I've only really come to realise over the last like year or so, when I've been going back to seeing clips and bits and bobs of Doctor Who with uh, doing Who culture and stuff, um that there is this whole sense of the Doctor is this ancient being that is known throughout the universe; he's basically a god. Not that he actually is. No, but
2: he um, sort of puts well, himself across. At least wife. not
1: back then. He wasn't. <laughs> um,
2: Lol. Thanks, Chibner.
1: But, Yeah, there is this like essence of everyone knows who he is, and he is just this big omnipotent being. Mm. And this could be kind of that first hint of that, because the Doctor is a legend from the Time War. Yeah. Kind of how we see in Night of the Doctor with Paul McGann, like that people know who the Doctor is. Mm-hmm. And what's that, I that I little can see what short? That was the short with Paul McGann. I again. quite enjoyed yeah. that. So did I. But like, yeah, you're right. This is kind of where they start to say, right, this is where the Doctor becomes legend in some way, shape or form. Not so much in a, an entirely universal sense. Thank you, mm-hmm. Uh, But in the sense of the Daleks, like the Daleks know that, like, they know who he is, yeah. obviously. And they are afraid. Hence why at the end of Bad Wolf, he says... Uh, he the Dalek says, "You know, you have, but no, you have no weapons, no plan." And he says, "Yeah, does not scare you, death."
2: I actually quite like the uh, the way they play on the whole fear section when he steps out the Tardis. Um, yeah, because it kind of makes you wonder if, like, because obviously he's talking to them about saying like, there's got to be that little element of fear, like deep down, and it sort of is because like fear is fear is useless unless your body's going to do anything with it so like mm-hmm. that's why only sort of sentient beings experience fear um but obviously the daleks are like sentient beings but like fear is actually kind of like the probably one of the most powerful responses you can have and i'm not sure you mm-hmm. can really have you, well, I mean, you can have hatred without fear, but, like, the two go very well hand in hand. So, like, do we think that the reason they have that spark of fear is because they've evolved to have it for the Doctor, or do we think they have that spark of fear because they are made from dead humans? That's a good
1: point. I, th- I think the, the, the fear of the Doctor specifically is probably something that's just come with time. Mm. It's something that's that I think not even the Dalek engineers that aren't Davros who are maintaining these Daleks. At the end of the day, um, whether the idea of converting other matter to Daleks, at least on this specific ship or this this, this fleet of ships that were in the time war was always there, or whether some Daleks in that fleet had the grand idea of let's turn humans into Daleks. I don't even think they would have the power over the course of the time that humans have been turned into Daleks. It's always been a thing, uh, re- uh, a revelation of the Daleks. For Colin Baker, that that whole thing existed. That whole uh, serial revolved around uh, the beginning of the Civil War between the Imperials and the Renegades, even though right. they know, were known as that at the time. And Davros converting mm-hmm. the the people who are in stasis on tranquil repose, which is like a it's it's almost like a a stasis funeral home. So they're not dead. That's weird. They're still alive. And the idea of converting people into Daleks is always a thing. And maybe the idea of um, A spark of fear coming through is not even something Davros could stop. No, like it really wasn't. Like the fact that the Daleks evolved into being into civil war anyway Mm -hmm. was interesting because there's there's a whole thing about Dalek civil war. I should really write something on that. You should Um, about how the Daleks begin to hate each other. Right. Because of the as as Ace very eloquently puts it, they're not true. They're not pure in their blobbiness.
2: They're not pure in their
1: what? Blobbiness. Blobbiness. Because uh, one, uh, one of the technical advisors at Unit uh, asks... Is it Unit? Ah. I think it is Unit. Uh, ask, um, like, the Doctor why there are different Daleks or fighting and Ace is like, in, renegade Daleks are blobs and Imperial Daleks are bionic blobs with bits added and they hate each other's chromosomes. They, they're they either or or not pure in their blobbiness. They kind of hate <laughs> each other for being I'm sorry,
2: different. but all I can hear when you say blobbiness is blobby, blobby, blobby!
1: No! <laughs> no! We talked about we talked about Mr. Blobby and Jack Wilde last I
2: know. time. That's all I can um, hear.
1: I, but yeah, I think the, the idea of the, the hatred of the Doctor, the fear of the Doctor has come just through, through time. time. Just because just they've dealt with him so, eradicate. so much that there is just this hard baked oh god it's the doctor that that hive mind
2: Mm -hmm. that's what i was thinking that exists
1: with the daleks there there is whoever's in charge of that or the fact that it's been there so much it's developed to this kind of oh god he keeps coming back do we
2: also think maybe that the emperor dalek has something to do with that slightly because obviously right at the end when rose is like evaporating them all or whatever it is she's doing Mm -hmm. um he says like no i can't die like i am immortal yeah." yeah That's obviously coming from a place of fear, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's the, and th- so that's the whole thing. Do we think that in like them worshipping him, because obviously that's what they do now, isn't it? They yeah. worship him. That is something that they've adapted as part of their new religion.
1: Basically, yeah. The, the 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 Emperor Dalek in this is insane. Oh, absolutely. As the Doctor says about the Daleks that mm-hmm. are surrounding him. like We don't know how many... Obviously, the number of ships they had must have been the number of ships that survived. There's no way that they just churned out a bunch of ships, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. But the number of Daleks has obviously increased based on the fact of that they've been harvesting humans. So however many Daleks there were originally, I've got no idea. So yeah, the idea of the Emperor passing down his beliefs is interesting, actually. One thing I realised... When the Daleks shout, Worship him, mm-hmm. is the fact that the Daleks are gendered. You never really think about that, do you?
2: Oh, yeah, he says him.
1: Yeah, they say, Worship uh, him. I suppose him. Ju- it
2: is, I mean, it sounds like a male voice, so I suppose it I was mean, just kind of uh, the easy way. Arguably, you'd have
1: that for all Daleks, but it's kind of interesting yeah, that. But
2: I suppose it was just like the easy way to put it
1: again it could just be it could just be a language thing it could just be a dialect thing where Daleks maybe aren't gendered it's not really yeah, something that's talked about very often him. the idea of like um, Daleks reproducing
2: yeah it's not exactly just like, like a reproduction you're like a starfish
1: you lob a bit off and another bit grows <laughs> or something uh, they just don't know
2: on a slightly different note um, I wanted to talk about you mentioned it briefly when the doctor's going on that little kind of monologue about the doc- the Daleks being insane yeah. Um, I said to you, didn't I, when we were watching it? I said it kind of feels like he's almost speaking from like his own experience from that, like saying, "What is it?" He says, "He says their insanity makes them all the more dangerous, or like they hate." What is it? He said, "He said they hate their own flesh and
1: what?" Oh, you hate. Yeah, the, you hate your own existence. Yeah.
2: Do you think and that makes like, them more
1: deadly than ever? That's
2: what I was thinking. Is because like when he says you hate your own existence, I think that's come from a very, very deep down. actually this is how I feel like I hate my own existence since the time war and Mm -hmm. the fact that I had to do that has made me slightly insane and now I'm pretty (laughs) dangerous for it like he's literally kind of projecting like him onto them but it's true and I think that's why the uh, comparisons between I mean they make it themselves obviously but like in Dalek they say to him, don't they, you would make a good Dalek.
1: He says you would be a good Dalek, but also uh, we are the same. Yeah. Like, the, as much as the Doctor, like, plays up on, oh, yeah, we are the same. So, I, you know, uh-huh. I'm going to spin that into I'm going to kill you because you want to kill me. Mm-hmm. But no, you're right. The Doctor is living, he is being that parallel, that, that Dalek in episode six
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, portrays him to be. Even if he doesn't necessarily realise it, but you are right, like the Daleks of the Time Lords are again, it comes back to night nice to the doctor. It does. The the woman, uh, Cass, she says, like the 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 doctor says, you know, you know, oh I'm only a time lord, you know, good thing I'm not a Dalek, and she says, Who can tell the difference mm-hmm. anymore? Like they both become as bad as each other. I and think... the doctor as Yeah, this is this is the you know the last beat of the Time War. And to be honest, it kind of is. Like mm-hmm. the Time War it's never really brought up with again. the daleks it's just sort of stops. i think the, i think the, the idea is the doctor probably just gives up with the idea yeah, is I... like i'm never gonna get rid of you mm. um, whereas they do play it up at least in these dalek episodes in this series that this is the last lot i oh, actually know it's these ones and then from here on out it's like nah screw it yeah. i'm all back see so, yeah, i think Why not?
2: the way that they do that whole narrative in this episode because you can kind of get lost with this episode in focusing on the action because it is very action heavy and i think that obviously is the point for a season finale like you want it to be quite action heavy so that you're not like bored but Mm. i think what they do really well is these beats in between of like this narrative that you've seen throughout eccleston's series which is killer or coward which is yeah. exactly what was played up on Dalek and it's obviously done very well in the Dalek episodes because that's kind of the big th- like thing that is touched on with like the Daleks versus the Doctor who's right who's wrong like what's the difference but it also obviously we discussed it quite a lot in Boomtown like mm-hmm. about how they play that up on could you actually take a woman to her death knowing she's going to be executed and I think in this episode they because obviously it is touched upon With that, obviously the Daleks... You said to me, didn't you, that they're trying to guilt trip him into, like... Because despite the fact that they've already bombed the Earth, they're trying to guilt trip him by saying, hey, you're going to wipe out the Earth. It's like, you've kind of already done that. Even
1: though humanity is basically Um, already dead because the Daleks have already descended on Earth. But yeah, they're trying to guilt trip him into saying, you're going to kill the humans, you're going to kill the Earth, Mm. da-da-da, don't don't kill us at the same time, you know, please. Because as as we've already discussed, the Daleks are scared that he could do this.
2: But, like, it it comes... I think what that really, really well done bit where obviously Jack's just died and the Daleks are swarming into the room with the doctor and he's like, I could do it. And then they say, well, go on then. Like, why are you, killer or coward? And it comes down to that kind of like decision there, which is like, I think that is the shred of kind of decency in the Doctor, obviously, that you don't get in the Daleks, which you will never get in the Daleks. Like, the Daleks will never have that sort of moment of, do I really want to do this? Obviously, they will always just kill. Um, yeah. And I think that makes him better. Like, it doesn't necessarily make the Time Lords better, because obviously we don't know what the rest of the Time we Lords were like.
0: We know how
1: ruthless the Time Lords were. Yeah. We know how insane they were
2: but um, during
1: the events of the Time War.
2: But... I think, yeah, it does that whole sequence in the middle. It only goes on for like, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds, doesn't it? Like that whole kind of bit, maybe a little bit longer. But that decision is focused on really quite poignantly in the middle. Um, And you almost forget about it in the middle of the action. But I do think it's a really good kind of round up to that whole like narrative throughout the series that we've been exploring with the Doctor's character, which is something you really don't get in like the most recent Who. You don't get that really deep exploration of character that Russell T. Davies did so well in this series.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Getting the, the, the just adding the time war, especially because we were so unknown to it back mm-hmm. then. It gave so much for Christopher Equiston to play with. Yeah. Uh, and that's something exciting about his big finish because, assumedly, uh, that's the big finish stuff is going to take place at hopefully predominantly before Rose, but after the day of the Doctor. What,
2: uh, just going on to Big Finish ever so slightly. Um, yeah. Is what is this big plot thing that they've got going on with what's it called? The they're basically releasing all these stories, aren't they, across the Big Finish across? Um, oh, Tunnel of Victoria. Yeah, that and it's like. Plan to release all the way through until like twenty twenty one, isn't it? I've
1: not caught up with any of that. Um, it's it's one of those things I need to just have it all spelled out for me and be like, right, because they're doing it across a bunch of different. Yeah, well, I like, saw. Mediums. I'm
2: pretty sure they tweeted the other day, or they, po they posted something saying, um, oh, like, what are you most looking forward to to do with Time Lord Victorious? And it had a timeline of all the different mediums that the story was going to be posted across with the dates of their release. Oh, right. So it might be worth checking that out if anybody wants to find out what I'll that's about. I'll have to dig
1: into that because I've obviously can't, I've seen it all because obviously it's a it's a multi-doctor story. Yeah, but i have just not really kept up with it mm-hmm. at the not moment. me either.
2: But I figured you know but, if any of our listeners want to keep up with it, apparently you can pre-order everything. So I that think sounds like an ad.
1: But yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm not
2: being sponsored i'm just still, i mean big some finish or the
1: bbc if you want to come and sponsor the podcast then uh, that would I'm be sure great no. that'd be really cool <laughs> but um back to the delta wave stuff imagine how different it would have been if the doctor did achieve the delta wave if we did I mean, it would have see... been a very short
2: episode i can tell you that much <laughs>
1: <laughs> well no because the appointment is ready is right at the end but like the idea of You know, imagine coming to this series as someone who's a veteran of Doctor Who and and thinking that the Doctor's character has changed so much that he would genuinely commit genocide. The fact that the Doctor's been so close to doing it before in Mm. Genesis of the Daleks, of killing off the Daleks with the touch of two wires and he couldn't bring himself to do it. Imagine if the, the weight of the time War pushed him to do it, how people would have responded to the Doctor actually killing. We know the Doctor was killed uh, I did a list yeah. ages ago about times the times the Doctor, the doctor, doctor killed. had killed, yeah. um, be it deliberately or, or not. We've we, I've criticised series eleven for having Jodie Whittaker's Doctor kill uh, an enemy in inverted commas, like an enemy by you know proxy, basically in uh, Iraqins in the UK. Oh yeah, with the the giant suffocate like mother them. spider, and and yeah, like let's just suffocate them all. No, because how about you don't. It's like surely the doctor would bung them all into the TARDIS and take them how off to a distant planet and let them go. You trap
2: them in a massive glass and <laughs> put them out a Get massive a big window. Big <laughs> ass piece of
1: paper. Yeah, imagine if he'd gone that route. I mean, how would that have gone? It would have been a really I, big like rug pull. I think, but maybe not a good one. And we know how badly <laughs> big rug pulls can go. Mm.
2: i think we probably wouldn't have got any more new who because that probably would have just been the end of it uh (laughs)
1: yeah i think the the complaints coming from doctor who fans would have been pretty substantial
2: b uh i just i don't i i just can't really imagine it because it's just not something feasible like it sort of would have been like boom explosion episode ends nothing else to do nothing else to talk about bad wolf has Hmm. no resolution like everything doesn't actually happen and then it's just oh look dead bye It's the fact that
1: the doctor is convinced that he can do it and i think because he has that belief that he killed his own race that he could he could do it again i don't know that he ever believed he could
2: do it i think he was just. i
1: I think in the in the heat of the moment in the build-up to it that he he could. Yeah, I mean and then obviously he gets that to the anger point. Is... He's got his hands on the plunger and that's when he chickens out. Mm-hmm. That's when he can't do it.
2: I don't know. I'm let's, not sure.
1: Let's talk about uh Rose. Yes. Because this is a very very important episode for Rose. Mm-hmm. The doctor in uh, all of his cheeky glory sends Rose back home yes. after Rose talks about just the, you know, we could we could go back on ourselves. The the thing about the doctor saying that you know, we could just we could go we could leave. Mm-hmm. Like the doctor never ever considers that, but it sounded like he kind of was. Mm. I feel like he was almost asking it because he wanted, he wanted Rose to Rose go. To say, yeah, shall okay. we? And then he goes, "Yeah, sure, let's just go. Let's just
2: grab Jack. Let's get Jack and let's Jack and let's, go,
1: let's just get out of here. Let's let history take its course." Like it's it's interesting the fact that it's never touched upon this. Mm. Because the events of this are never undone. So surely in the year two hundred thousand, no.
2: Yeah, whatever it is. Two hundred
1: thousand one hundred. Is that how you'd say it? Yeah, two hundred thousand because it's two zero zero one zero zero.
2: Yeah, two hundred thousand
1: one hundred. That's so weird to say. Or would um, it
2: be? I don't know. No, I've never counted be. that high. That would... would it be two hundred and one hundred thousand? No, that wouldn't be right. No, two hundred
1: thousand and one hundred. Yeah, yeah that'd be a re. Or you just call it 200,100. I don't know, but like. We've you been to times past that, and yet the big Dalek like invasion of Earth is never touched upon. Mm. Like it'd be really interesting to have something I think I said this before about um the uh, about the long game, actually, about seeing Earth in that kind of state. Mm. And imagine if they did like a big finish drama <laughs> where we were on Earth during the events of the year two zero zero one zero zero, and the Daleks invade, and all the aftermath of it, because obviously, eventually, all these Daleks that are obviously at this point still on Earth, that would be pretty cool, going around killing stuff. They all just disappear. Yeah, that's true. But that all still happens. It's not like Series Three when everything gets reversed, mm. like or everyone forgets or whatever. They the, the universe is reset.
2: How do they repair um, the planet after all that bombing?
1: What from the Daleks? Yeah. Well, they don't. Or at least we don't know because it's never touched upon again. But that all that stuff, well, the Daleks going down, you know, do. when you when you see Linda on looking at the monitor and seeing like for some reason the the uh the, the shapes of the continents change. I always thought when they when she showed Australia that they were turning them into the shape of a wolf, it looks Does like Does she a dog.
2: not say Australasia?
1: She says something She says like The New American Republic And stuff like that I think she
2: actually says Australasia for the last one Because I was listening to it And thinking Oh she says Europa She says like The New American Republic But then I'm pretty sure she says Like Australasia Or something like that Which is a continent now
1: Which is technically What it is But um
2: Yeah I was gonna Actually I was gonna say Um When Uh Oh my god I've completely lost my point No brain Don't do (laughs) this well, we're talking say? about the oh, Doctor and Rose so, um, segment. When she goes, when she gets sent home, um, yeah. I was sat there watching it and I was thinking, it's so funny how, like, she's sat there, like, it's happening now, it's happening now. It's like, yeah. But it's not. It so, really like, isn't. I know that it's happening now
1: from the perspective of the viewer and basically for Rose as well, because similar to the viewer, she's bouncing between mm-hmm. the two. But the idea that, yeah, the, the actual tangible concept of what's happening right now, it really Yeah, isn't. I mean,
2: Jackie obviously says like, yeah, you, you know, you said it's 200,000 years in the future or whatever, so like it's not happening now, and she's like, but it is! It's like, yeah. I can... I can see that, but like, it's actually quite hard to get your head around how it's like, not now. I mean, it's time travel.
1: That's why Avengers Endgame just went, you know what, screw it. Oh my God, don't even
2: talk to me about the time traveller's wife. If anybody has seen that film and actually understands it, please holler at (laughs) me because I watched it and I literally, my brain, I don't know how old I was, maybe like 15, but my brain was like, what on earth? have I just watched? None of it made sense. All I know is that a guy had a wife and he was a time traveller and I could have gleaned that from the title. So, you know, I'm not very good at following time travel, but...
1: Bringing things back again.
2: Well, I was, Um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, it felt really weird to sort of see her sit there and be like, yeah, it's happening now. It's like, but it's not. Like, you could literally live your whole life now and die and this event would not happen for another sort of hundred and however long thousand years, years. Yeah. Yeah
1: i think the this the point when the doctor does the whole realization of i can just send rose home i love the fact that they didn't actually play up to this idea that that's genuinely what he's doing mm. when he does the whole yes we can do it the music ramps up and he's like rushing to the tardis and do this that and the other just his dialogue at that point i said this to you when we were watching it mm. his dialogue it sounds so fake Like, we've heard the Doctor talk about, like, explain this, that, and the other, you know, we we see it with, like, David Tennant's Doctor as well, like, explaining how the TARDIS works and doing this, that, and the other. The Doctor is, it's so painfully obvious that he's making this up on the spot, Mm -hmm. when he says, like, rather than going to any kind of detail, he just says, like, go back on my old timeline, yes! And then he, you know, rushes to the TARDIS, he goes, um, do this, fold it back, I'm clever, I'm really clever, look at me, I need to go power at the game station, Which, you know, as much as even if he were talking about like we're we're doing pushing the thermal regulator and flicking all these particular switches and all this sort of thing, even if he'd have said that, that would have made more sense. To, to some extent than just saying, I'm going to go power up the game station. So even that dialogue is leading towards the point when he stops, turns around, and sends them yeah, home. Which
2: I think is very cleverly done because obviously, if you were watching it for the first time, you just wouldn't really assume because.
1: You may not notice I that, but the, have, but the difference is you might. I think
2: there have been times when he's been vague and then explained later on and, like, yeah. sort of caught up, like, caught rose up, but also caught up the. audience audience, as well um so i think it kind of is like a bit of a a lead in like i do think it is done quite well but also it's the pause between rose saying like how um how long does the delta wave need and he sort of sits there and is like head in his hands like i
1: think he's there calculating like how right, can
2: he get rid of what her do i have to, to say her? to
1: get her into the tardis mm-hmm. and to not have her question what i'm doing and it's it's heartbreaking it's utterly heartbreaking oh, yeah. but at the end of the day he's making the right decision it's one of those things that as much as obviously that the story needs rose to come back mm-hmm. there's also kind of the extent of you you really side with jackie when they're in that chip oh, shop absolutely it's like he sent you back home. But also That is the best thing he could have done. Because if you obviously, as said, the story plays out because Rose looks into the heart of the Tardis, becomes the bad wolf, sends the thing back through time, which I thought I thought was a nice way to wrap up the whole bad wolf yeah. arc. We've seen story arcs that are so like prevalent through the series that end up leading to rubbish conclusions. Mm-hmm. I think Bad Wolf, though it's not the most mind-blowing of them all. I think it um, was, though. I think at the
2: time I remember finding it. Quite shocking, like because it's so. I mean, I
1: don't mean as in like it's not great in Doctor Who terms. I just mean like in the grand scheme of like sort of twists and overarching narratives, it's never going to be one of the best no, ones I... in television or but narrative history. But
2: I do think it was very cleverly done, and I think oh yeah, like you pointed out to me on the chip shop poster behind her in the window, it says Bad Wolf written across the. Poster. It's more prevalent
1: through this episode. Mm. You know, it's on the walls of that. You know, tarmac playground whatever it's it's obviously sprayed out in big letters it's on the poster behind rose Mm -hmm. it's obviously up in satellite five and it's it's, i find it interesting because obviously rose reads it as a you know bad wolf here bad wolf there it's a link and it's kind of like
2: it's not right
1: it sounds really cliche like it sounds really cliche and i've always sort of read that scene of then Mickey just like, it's just words, Rose, come on. Yeah, I mean... And then she runs off back to the TARDIS thinking, yes, I'm going to go to the TARDIS, say the words, bad wolf. And then it's going to go, oh, yeah, cool, Mm. let's go. Like, I love the fact that Rose kind of reads it in such a way that she's almost trying to make something fit. And admittedly, she will be. Yeah. Because she wants there to be some kind of reason. She wants there to be something that can bring her back to save the Doctor. But I just love the fact that it's just like, yeah, um, 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 yeah, it's, uh, yeah, bad wolf, bad wolf, let's go with that. Cool. Yeah, I
2: mean, you could have at least left yourself some instructions like you know i mean i know she works it out and obviously i think it's i think the reason she doesn't leave instructions is because she herself knows she's gonna work out realizes that she will work out it's like one of those ever looping paradox thing majigs well yeah
1: if you if you tried to pick apart the whole rose being able to see backwards and forwards and upside down through time and whatever that she'd have gone Oh by the way Dr. Gallifrey was saved or Yeah no but you know, like story said, you've got to allow artistic else.
2: license and all that jazz like that has, let, that storyline hasn't add been characters yet. in
1: and add plot points in that weren't there before exactly. because why also A wizard did she's it She's
2: only got like <laughs> three minutes of script so she's not gonna just relay the whole of time and space to him in this three minutes yeah, before it kills her
1: here i put this into a book that you can just click <laughs> through and read because the doctor can do that cool lol spoilers the doctor, she passes the doctor's 900 year diary that you see sylvester mccoy writing and reading at the beginning of the uh tv movie
2: actually it's um, riversong's diary.
1: No, I actually mean no, his diary. No, I know, oh, no,
2: but I'm just saying that she could have. Don't question also... me. I wasn't questioning you. I was saying that she could have also used River Song's diary. So,
1: Oh, by the way, you going to get some doctor? What? You're not going to meet her for another couple series.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the Things way, have just gone. you're about to regenerate, generate party.
1: <laughs> let's 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 talk about the regeneration. Don't cry. Because <laughs> I have never cried at that. No, I know. As hard as it is not to, because I adore Christopher Eccleston. Cool. This isn't. This is news to um, you, I mean, news to the listeners slash viewers. Uh, he is my favorite Doctor, and seeing him him go is is so hard. Imagine if after uh, it, like imagine if we didn't know about him coming back to Big Finish now, mm. and we wa- we watched this today, thinking that this is never going to happen. And then, like, a couple days later... Like, imagine if it were announced this Sunday than the other Sunday when it really was. I mean... We finished series one of Escaping Custodorus. I feel and like
2: you were so excited anyway when the news got announced that it didn't really matter when... It wouldn't have
1: made a difference, no. It was announced. It, it, oh, it's so exciting. And now I'm getting into Big Finish properly. Like, I... Now I know how good Big Finish can be because so I think there's I think there's an inherent like uncertainty mm. to people who listen to Big or people who don't know Big Finish who've never dived into doing audio dramas because it's not like an audio book, no, it's not like a podcast. Like I've spoken to people and they've said, oh, I'm going to I'll put it on while I'm playing something. It's like, no, no, sit and listen to it. I was like going, I I sat in bed and listened to Out of Time, the uh, the new David Tennant and Tom Baker story. Uh, that came out today. I listened to it last night, and I literally just laid in bed, headphones on, and just lost myself in it. And it's it's phenomenal. And mm-hmm. just getting that back, even just hearing the theme song, not even seeing anything, it's so good. So, getting a custom back for that, I'm really excited for. It's like. Early next year, the the first parts of this come out. Yeah, it's but, um, uh,
2: it's on Spotify. If anybody does, yes, f- the uh, the, 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 mo- the
1: monthly range, the standard like monthly series they've been doing it's on Spotify. So I my my first um foray in, I think I mentioned this the other week. Actually, was uh, a, a a doctor a sixth no a seventh doctor story because I know that Sophie Aldred was in it. Right. I think it's called The Veiled Leopard. And then I listened to Jubilee, the uh, episodes the uh, the big finish story that influenced Dalek. Yes, that was fantastic. Uh, pun intended, uh, but anyway, yeah. Back to the regeneration. Eccleston regenerating is it's it's quite it is very short in the grand scheme of things. When you when you see how much they big up regeneration oh my God. in the compared next couple of series, to
2: Matt Smith's regeneration. Matt Smith's regeneration was hell a lot, like yeah, Jesus. And
1: understandably, they will have played it up, but I, but obviously, with with what happened with 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 Chris during the production of series one it's not really a surprise that that uh chris, uh, chris chibnall oh my goodness russell T. davies had to turn around something to make him regenerate mm-hmm. and not feel horrifically tacked on there were reviewers back in 05 who thought that the regeneration was really short and a bit more tacked on but it's like you go back into the classic series like i don't know the classic series anywhere near it, as well as i know no, the I- new series um, but going back and seeing the regeneration episodes from there, they are they are much more like, you know,
2: here. Oh like, dear, there it is. Now I'm regenerating.
1: Bang. Oh, the Doctor's fallen off a pylon. Oh, now he's Peter <laughs> Davison. <laughs> if you if you're Colin Baker into into Sylvester McCoy, as much as that was again behind the scenes stuff, you've literally got nothing. It's just oh, the TARDIS got shot down <laughs> by the Rani. Oh, and now it's Sylvester McCoy. Oh no, cool. Like that was it. Yeah, I mean it's so, definitely
2: a much more modern. I still thing.
1: think. As much as it isn't as overblown as some regenerations are, like as much as Matt Smith regenerating was a very big thing yeah. for the series because this was the doctor that became the big, like global doctor, mm-hmm. like series five, six, and seven were huge yeah. all over the world. It's, I think it's so just some, for some reason made, Matt Smith they, appealed
2: more to the American audience.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting that that was, that for some reason, it that just clicked. He was the one. Yeah, you'd kind of assume it was ten. Like ten was still big, but like for some reason Matt Smith just absolutely blew up. And sometimes the, the the regeneration episodes get do get kind of overblown, and I do see Time of the Doctor like that. You know is
2: that Matt Smith?
1: 11's, 11's hours over now. Mm. The clock is striking twelves. Oh, like please stop making it so big and overblown and stupid. I did, like, I
2: did, mm. It's
1: one of those things that I really like about Eccleston's regeneration is it's 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 smaller but it doesn't mean it's not
2: as emotional.
1: emotional. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think
2: almost it kind of makes it more emotional. Like, you don't obviously get the length of time. Because it's so small. Yeah, you don't obviously get the length of time that you get with, like, Matt Smith's regeneration to sort of be like, oh, my God, it's happening. Oh, my God, i better prepare myself. Like, you literally just get a, oh, look, I'm dying. This has been fun. Like, thanks for the journey. I'm going to go die now and then I won't be here in a minute, but someone will be here and it's still me, but it's not me. And that's all you get, like, and then it's, it's just the It's whole, almost
1: like- I love it's you, almost bye. Taking a step back, like when you put it like that, and the idea that it's, it's just such a smaller event, it's almost like going to a small funeral and realising that there's only like, you know, 15 people here who mm. will remember you or who knew you who cared about you because in reality with, with Eccleston's ninth doctor with him coming fresh out of the time well there wasn't anyone else mm. I think the fact that he got to be with Rose yeah, that where was he, all he was cared huge about. for him the fact that he got that yeah and that is you know it's so important to him
2: mm-hmm. I, d- I think and I don't know whether like I actually really like his regeneration sort of watching it back because mm. A he gets eight excuse the pun, fantastic last line. Um, (laughs) It's literally just so was I. And I think like the fact that he doesn't say anything after that really kind of like wraps it up neatly in a little bow. I
1: think that's him sort of, because I know he says, you know, I'm clever, I'm really clever. He does it a bit to boast, but I think that was him returning to the point of being able to tolerate himself, mm. to love himself, to appreciate himself. As much as we still see with David Tennant that that sort of that self-loathing to not in like a really like memeable state mm. like he's posting I wanna die on Twitter <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> but I die. There is that there is that inherent I I you know I, I like the Daleks, he hates his own existence mm-hmm. somewhat. That there is still that lingering bit there, but it's nowhere near as prevalent with Tennant as it is with Eccleston. I think that last line of you were you know you were fantastic and you know what? so is i shows that he's he he feels like he has become the doctor again
2: mm.
1: and that might be why he becomes this dashing you know almost disgustingly sexy man oh. who is very very confident in himself
2: i will have me a slice of that booty <laughs> exactly
1: like the fact that he still... The fact that he can appreciate that and becomes David Tennant, that's such a huge thing for Eccleston's Doctor.
2: Mm-hmm. I also think it's kind of almost like him trying to put Rose at ease a little bit because he knows what's about to happen and she doesn't. And so Rose he kind of no makes clue. like that little joke of like, you were fantastic, but you know what? So was I. And that kind of... Because like, you and see her day- smile and it's like... It's that lovely little thing of like, I'm going to make you laugh one last time as the Doctor that I want to be. And, like, the Doctor that you have, hopefully, fallen in love with. Also, that kiss, right? Can we just, because... I said to you, didn't I? I was like, I don't remember this kiss. Like, it's just something that slips by the wayside. Like, everybody remembers I, I David do. and Rose. Like, the Doctor, that... But I'm just like, mm, this kiss was pretty juicy too.
1: I think it's because it's, in the grand scheme of things, it's not hugely important as much as it's something that Eccleston's doctor has wanted to do to Rose as weird as that sounds no, no, um, it's for true. a long time because he's in love with her and there is definitely that kind of there is that reciprocating feeling mm-hmm. um, from Rose it's not obviously as prevalent but admittedly if you were already falling in love with somebody and they turned into David Tennant like my underpants are already over there I mean like, yeah Jesus mine Christ, were Jesus Christ they've gone
2: mine were in you know, <laughs> I've left
1: mine on the sofa downstairs. Mine were on
2: the floor before I even realised they'd left. Like, <laughs> but
1: yeah, that that kiss. I think that kiss did get a bit of like a bit of, not controversy, but people were a bit like, "Ooh, that's a." bit well, mm, it's because of the age difference, not it?
2: Like, it's. I think
1: it's. More, it's not so much the age difference. I think it's more the fact that it's kissing in Doctor Who. You just didn't see that. That's true. I mean, it happened in the nineteen ninety six movie. You get um, Paul McGann chewing off Grace's face, which again, it's Paul McGann. Adore. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah that kind of threw people a bit But I, I, I've never seen that kiss as I, I've never really found like the, the kissing side of Doctor Who at all Something that I've gone ooh mm, No
2: but then I'm not I sure think about that's that. because it's not,
1: it's not like It's not like Rose kissing Finn in The Last Jedi mm-hmm. Like that was a bit Ooh that was, mm, but that was a That's bit a bit different. out of the blue Like whereas yeah, this that's is a, that, two that's people Contextually who, completely different This is two people but, who love
2: each other And they just like And for some
1: reason that's, some, that's the way that they Transfer the time vortex energy Because, because of course it. It is Why not let's play up to let's that Let's just this have is a the, snog This is the first person the Doctor has been close to Since he lost his Entire species in a war mm-hmm. Of course it's going to be somebody That he starts to fall for And I think that makes it so Bittersweet that the Doctor Gets to spend, the, the Night Doctor gets to spend his last moments with Rose yeah. Realising that This version of himself can't be the one that tells her he loves her. That's
2: so sad because it's like, it's really not the same person. I know that he is the doctor and obviously the feelings carry over. But like Mm -hmm. for Rose, she almost has to learn to fall in love with a completely different man. Like he's not got the same face. He's not got the same voice. He's not got the same humor. He's not got the same like way of... I mean, he has got kind of the same way of fixing problems, but like, you know, it's just there is always
1: a, there is always a it's difference. It's so yeah.
2: like she's got to learn this whole new person, and he has to kind of accept that like she's not going to love him straight away like she did before. But no. I just think that's so heart wrenching, like thinking. Because, like, obviously he has a memory of what, like, he does as a previous Doctor. Oh, yeah, you don't
1: forget stuff when you regenerate, at least not in the the long term. But
2: that would be so awful. Like, that incarnation of you will never exist again. And I think that Mm -hmm. is almost worse than, like, forgetting. Because it's, like, you've got to live with that now. But then, obviously, she does end up falling in love with him and, like, everything's fine. And, you know, half of him goes off and lives, you know spoilers but
1: whatever <laughs> yeah not the point it's just putting it like that the idea that there will never be this person again it's like again if I didn't have big finish it'd be like I've just been reminded that my doctor's gone but, but he's, he's not, not.
2: he's, he's back <laughs> he's back
1: It's a very high-pitched that excited noise that was really loud like me. oof <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, but that's sort of the news I made when I saw that tweet from Big Finish. He came
2: downstairs and he went, ah, ah,
1: ah, "Oh my god! Oh my yeah, god!" Yeah, we said this last week. I was just there like, "Oh my god, it's happening!" It's coming back. Ah. I was going to say something, I've completely forgotten what. Actually, no, I do. Um, when you said about the idea of falling in love with somebody again, but them not being the same person, but still being the same person, think of as much as it was con- controversial. Thank you, Chibnall, huh? Cyberwoman
0: mm. in Torchwood
1: series one. You have, yeah. um, what was her
2: name?
1: Uh, the woman herself. Oh I cannot remember her name. Lisa. Yes. She transplants the brain from her body into that poor pizza girl oh, yeah. from Jubilee Pizza. And so, yeah, same person, mm-hmm. different body, different face, different voice. But it is, at the end of the day, the same, the same person. person. What does Yanto do? Kills her. Kills her. But, I mean Actually, I don't think Yanto... No, Yanto does kill her, I yeah. think.
2: Because he says it's not. Well,
1: actually, no. Everyone else kills her, but he was very close. I think he was on the point where he was pulling the trigger, yeah, and then yeah. Jack and that come through I the door think, and they shoot her. But I think it's he, so- he still
2: gives her up. He still gives
1: her you- up because it's somebody else. So what Rose has to do here mm. when going from the ninth to the tenth, it's so hard.
2: Okay. However, however, I think well, yeah, it's it very is, different circumstances. It is very hard I'm just,
1: I'm just making no, no, like know, a comparison. It is that's very tangible hard, for people who've seen it like
2: it's. For Rose, she's basically lost the man that she'd just fallen in love with and that she just kind of found herself with, almost. Um, however, for Lisa, she was a bit of a cold-blooded killer. And I don't really yeah. think there's any yeah, way no, but- you could end up loving a pizza woman with a, a massive chopped off bit of a red is there really no matter how hard it's you try because she but used to I, be somebody I mean, else and you're loving I a I mean devil. it is like
1: a very gory very different metaphor yes obviously but otherwise Parting of the Ways is just a lot of Dalek action yeah, which mean, is always good and that's what you, love a bit you, of Dalek it's
2: what you want for a season finale like you don't want anything too thinky for a season finale, no. I mean, obviously the thinky, the action. thinky ones. I'm going to call them that now. The thinky ones think-y are ones. like good as well. Like I do love a good like kind of mysterious. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, this, and then everything gets wrapped up. Um, <laughs> except thirteen, lol. Um, but I yeah, like I do think like a good action sequence in Doctor Who is a good season finale sort of especially in this era like i think they do it russell t davis does it really well
0: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role
1: I think we should uh, we should move on to some questions yes. because we have a bunch of questions. How many have you got uh, from your? Life. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six questions.
2: I've got five. So,
1: well, in that case, shall I start? Yes, and then we'll, and we'll alternate. alternate. So, we asked you guys uh, for questions regarding Parting of the Ways and also the series as a whole. So, we've got some. Uh, some varied questions here because mm-hmm. we're kind of doing today differently because like, normally we're dropping questions as to when during the uh, like episode they'd be relevant. We're just going to go uh, episode review, questions, and then we're going to do our ranking of the series just our final thoughts on series one as a whole, which you probably already know what I'm going to say. But anyway, James Fraser asks, do you think Christopher Eccleston should have stayed on for one more series or do you agree that his one series was perfect and many more might have ruined that?
2: Hmm... I think, I think you answer first. You go.
1: I think it would have tainted it if he had said of another series, but I think that's that's how you'd always perceive something like this. If you would ever put somebody past what you know as being their finite number of series, then you'll always think that what comes beyond that, what could have been beyond that, would have been different. The same with season twenty-seven in in doctor who in 1990 with the uh uh with what happens with the seventh doctor and ace like that sounded terrible let's not do that and it didn't happen eccleston going on to do series two apparently the majority of the stories that were in series two would have been eccleston anyway i think um they haven't changed a huge amount Mm. um when tenant came in uh so yeah uh tenant staying on for series five didn't happen imagine as much as the arc series five did sound quite interesting it would have been very similar it still with amy pond and blah 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 but it would still been 10th doctor nah, i think it just kind of sounds strange yeah. so you know i think asking a question i'm not trying to say like it's a stupid question but something like what do you think you should have said in front of the series now after 15 years it's it's almost a redundant question yeah. because the answer is almost a complete a guaranteed no it's, uh... but do you agree that this one series was perfect
2: Yes. I mean, you do. I know you do. I do. I do. I do as well, actually, I think. I don't think he could have done much better with the time he had on Doctor Who. Like, I think he really, no. like we've sort of said before, he really paved the way for knew who and obviously he did a fantastic job because otherwise knew who wouldn't have had the return and the cultural the impact success yeah. that it has had now because i mean obviously doctor who had a big cultural impact back in the classic series but it wasn't something that i ever heard adults i say adults we are adults now but like when we were kids it wasn't anything that i ever heard adults talking about as like the kind of massive cultural phenomenon that it is now and i don't know if that's because of the impact of the internet has like aided and kind of like abetted that nature of like um fandoms and just kind of helped yeah. them grow which i think it desperately has um but it it just seems like it's had a much more cultural impact with new who and obviously that wouldn't have happened if Christopher Eccleston hadn't been at the helm So, I mean, Russell T Davies is obviously a lot to thank as well. But yeah, I think if Eccleston had stayed on for a series extra, it might not have had the same impact as his one series did.
1: I wouldn't dispute, yeah, that his series, a second series would have been bad. It doesn't, like, it's like with the new Big Finish stuff, there is not a doubt in my mind that that's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be amazing all the way through. I think that
2: is because, though, Big Finish is written by... People who want to write the stories for the sake of loving Doctor Who, and no, I'm not saying that like Moffat and Chibnall and T. Davies. At the didn't end of the day,
1: the three showrunners we've had since New Who are all ridiculously
2: big they Doctor are. Who fans. However, but they're writing three or four series each, and so obviously they're going to get run out of ideas. Whereas Big Finish is being written by individual people here There's and there, so, many so people like you know, it's going to be a They'll bit have more. these ideas
1: that they've had so much yeah, time to develop exactly. and establish into things, yeah so yeah i'd say that i don't think you should have said in front of the series i'm really excited to see what does big finish mm-hmm. but series one was series one and as much as we'll get to the series rundown uh, after these questions i i agree that i think series one is perfect like there's so little i would change in the grand scheme of things for series one mm. amy you have a question yes.
2: so uh Dana Lewis, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, uh, on YouTube, asks, well, she says, I always wish that Rose had kept a little bit of residual bad wolf energy for series two, just so her eyes would flash and she could do tiny things with it. Do you agree or do you think that would have had negated Nine's sacrifice?
1: Yeah, that would negated yeah, Nine's sacrifice. absolutely. I think give, making the companion a superhero, because let's face it, we've seen it in series one, we see it in series four we've seen it in series seven yeah no no just no uh,
2: yeah i think it's uh
1: like i can understand why it'd be quite interesting to have a character like that to be much more powerful like having people the doctors like almost genuine equal you've got people like river song who are like extremely strong characters you've got romana mm-hmm. in the classic series you've got K 9 you've got chameleon like having people of that kind of level fair enough but having a borderline superhero that could genuinely tweak time. It would be such an easy way for the writers to get out of. It would be almost like another Sonic Screwdriver. Yeah,
2: it would just be. We a need get to get out of jail free card. card. Oh, yeah.
1: screw it. Rose is glowing again. Mm-hmm,
2: that's what I was going <laughs> to <Let's> say. <fix laughs> Rose this. is glowing in the back there. Shall we? Uh, yeah. Quick, turn off the lava lamp. Um, I think i <laughs> turn the lava lamp <laughs> she, Yeah it just would have made the whole thing kind of pointless Like you said a bit of a get out of jail free card Like oh where yeah. the story's not going anywhere Quick Rose is having a glow Like let's just yeah, exactly. Flash and fix something And I think it also would have just like Negated any future story From then on because like If she can alter the whole of like time and space Even if she gets these tiny flashes She could just yeah. undo everything that they'd ever done and just fix it all in an instant like do you know what I mean like it just wouldn't have made sense yeah so geeknerd123 has
1: asked kind of something we've, we've half covered uh, are you excited with the new knight's doctor big finish yes Yes. obviously uh, and what type of story would you like them to explore Ooh. And I, I kind of covered this I kind of covered this on the, the list of things that um, to see for Eccleston's return and for me, I the one thing I want to see is the Doctor finding his way back to calling himself the Doctor again. Mm-hmm. Because after the events of Day of the Doctor, the, the, the war Doctor who was not the Doctor refused to be the Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, eventually got back to the point of wanting to call himself the Doctor after the end of the special. But because of wibbly wobbly timey-wimey, they all forget what happens. Mm. Hence why... It doesn't break the canon of Eccleston's era and going from there. So the idea is that he'll come out of the TARDIS having regenerated and be back to thinking that he killed his own race. So he won't want to be the Doctor again. And I want to know the point at which he decides to go, do you know what? I am the Doctor. That's what I want to see. Or hear, I should Mm. say.
2: I think I would quite like to just... Enjoy a few good old-fashioned random adventures. Like, I'm a very sort of, not like a one and done, but like, you know, I I do quite just enjoy the old school who, like, random adventures. Let's just go off, have a bit of fun for an episode, and then, like, I do like the overarching plots and stuff but i think it gets to a point where it's just like oh can we just not for like a little bit of time like let's just enjoy what we've got and i think eccleston's doctor would be the perfect doctor to kind of yes explore like just after the time war and that kind of thing and i think it would be almost like cruel to not explore that with his big finish stuff but i'd also be fine if they didn't like i think if they literally just kind of went we're just going to give you some random adventures of Aquiston before he meets Rose. Cause obviously, you know, this is this and this, whatever. Like he doesn't just exist after Rose. So yeah, I think just yeah. a couple of cool, fun adventures would be great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Enough.
2: Um, S- Cyberman Alf, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, on YouTube says, what is your opinion on the CGI in the episode? And do you think they should do a remastered version with updated CGI? no nope. <laughs> these answers nope. are so easy like i think the cgi in the episode is what it was for 2005 it's
1: fine and like I, I think that's that's something the doctor who's had like people criticized it in the past and there have been moments when the cgi looks not great you know we talk about the slitheen in uh, in episodes uh four and five mm-hmm. that had their moments of looking a bit rubbish but that's kind of how it yeah. was but there's never a point when I look at it and go wow that CGI is like whoa I don't that's watch it good. thinking
2: oh my god I wish it was better like because I've watched it so many times and obviously I watched it when it originally aired that it's just something you grow up with being kind of as it is like you, I'm not gonna look you get used yeah, to yeah I'm not gonna idea. look back at it and go oh my god that's so awful because I'm just gonna watch it to enjoy the story like and I think uh, an updated version with new CGI would just kind of kill the nostalgia of it,
1: yeah. Like I, I watched um when I when I first watched uh Dalek invasion of Earth because I have that on DVD. Mm. Uh, they gave me the option to put in the uh updated effects they did for whatever year this release. I want to say like two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe. I can't right. remember. Um, and back in the sixties, a Dalek ship was literally like two pythons and a bit of string. <laughs> Like, genuinely, it looks really crap. But that was how it was. Yeah. And then when you watch the episode with this, it's not great CGI because it's almost, like, fan-made, basically. Um, it kind of how Big Finish works. Most of the stuff outside of the official series is very much driven by the community. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. And the fact that they've sort of passed the keys off and gone, mm-hmm. yeah, you go do this. Like, you know, we know you can do it justice, hence why, like, as a very... Sort of kind of similar tangent But not in the same medium Like Sonic Mania was amazing Because they gave it to the fans <laughs> And didn't give it to the people Who made the Sonic games And it was incredible Fair. Um It doesn't look very good Like re- like 3D visuals in a 1964 Dalek story Just looks kind of well, dumb Well that's the thing watched, like, Because um, it
2: doesn't exist at the time So you yeah, don't want to
1: Yeah I watched um Day of the Daleks A John Pertwee Dalek story That got uh, a bunch of uh, new CGI. It got some new like uh, establishing shots of this like futuristic city that uh, Joe Grant finds herself in through most of the episode. All the Dalek voices are redone by Nicholas Briggs as well. Right. And as much as I love Nicholas Briggs, don't get me wrong, yeah. it was weird hearing his Dalek voices and seeing such good effects in a 1970 whatever mm-hmm. um, production of Doctor Who, and it just it just looked kind of weird. So. I don't think it would need to be changed for the same reason of you, you said, Amy. Like the fact that it it fits the time yeah. period, but also, as much as that CGI was, you know, fifteen odd years ago, it doesn't. It look holds completely up dreadful. pretty
2: well. Like
1: it holds up I mean, all right. Obviously you there can are tell some... it's two thousand and five TV CGI. Yeah. You know, TV CGI is never that good unless you're Game of Thrones or something. But it's. Fine. I mean, it is it's pretty passable. good.
2: Like realistically, for what it was at the time and the budget it had been they had, pretty damn
1: groundbreaking at the yeah. time for TV. Like, so, I think it's great. Yeah, Silvix has asked if Boomtown is lunch, dinner, egg, <laughs> which I've seen a lot on Twitter. <laughs> I'm glad that's become a thing. What would Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways be? Something along the lines of Games, Robots, Daleks, and Fight, Rescue Barcelona. I think I this
2: person commented on YouTube as well because I saw a very similar, like basically the same words on YouTube. So they might have said the same thing there. Um, I don't know. I uh, what would it be? Probably.
1: I think.
2: Are we talking the the two parter, like the whole thing?
1: Yeah, I think the two parter as a whole. Um, yeah.
2: I think it would be. Uh, what do you think? Because I'm, my brain is like, I don't know.
1: I. I think. Ooh, for the two parts, because to be honest, the majority of Bad Wolf you can kind of skimp past.
2: I think it. I think. Hmm.
1: I think Revelation, Revenge, Rebirth.
2: Wow, that was Revelation.
1: Deep. My air. brain
2: genuinely was going naked for Jack
1: <laughs> Stop My thinking brain about John was going Barrowman, for goodness naked,
2: sake. Naked guns death
1: <laughs> like, Wow like, and you Well went I was thinking I was thinking deep. revelation revelation of the Daleks <laughs> Um the revelation of the Daleks being behind it mm-hmm. all. The revenge plot for the doctor, the revenge plot for the Daleks, ah. really because the only reason why they're there is to get the Doctor uh-uh. like, they want to take over the Earth but it's like oh the Doctor's here cool let's kill him too and the Doctor's like oh good it's the Daleks the Time was back on ding ding round two round three whatever let's go and then the rebirth of the Doctor that realisation that he's, he could be okay with himself has been already discussed the you know you were fantastic and so was I and then rebirth into a new Doctor that's what I think revelation revenge rebirth that's pretty revenge,
2: good oh uh, yeah deep AF bro have, and then there's lunch dinner egg I'd, yeah I'd have gotten something like naked fighting the regeneration
1: <sighs> naked fighting Tennant, naked and fighting brackets, preferably Eccleston. also naked <laughs> go on the names what's your next question um,
2: Danny Fuse said do you think Doctor Who has used leaders quote unquote too often the emperor the supreme the parliament slash prime minister etc
1: as in for Dalek stories?
2: I don't know. It, that's all it says. So I'm presuming maybe they just mean like the titles. Because like, is there a mm, Prime Minister Dalek? usually or like a...
1: really... You... Yeah, I think it's usually because it's a you know Dalek story. Oh yeah, because they used Supreme, obviously... Uh, the Parliament of the Daleks in Asylum. And then there
2: was... Uh,
1: the Emperor, obviously. And, uh,
2: the, uh, the, the one Supreme. with Churchill, was that the Prime Minister...
1: Yeah, that was no. no, no. Prime Minister is in the, the the Prime Minister of the Daleks when at the beginning of Asylum of the Daleks.
2: Oh, that's a thing.
1: There's the dude. In, there's the dude in just the jar.
2: <laughs> oh, I forgot. And all that's about the Prime that.
1: Minister. Yeah, it's all it's. it's okay. <laughs> Moffat. Um.
2: I, I don't know. I think I'm not sure it would be too often. I think like because they're f- obviously I couldn't even remember that that's what they were called, <laughs> but like because they're spaced apart enough, you don't really thingy it but also the daleks need a leader like they don't yeah, they're not going to do if out. they don't have this hive mind and someone to refer to like they just wouldn't
1: it's not very often you have a dalek story without some kind of head honcho mm. dalek be it an actual dalek or be it davros yeah or, or something i think it's like, i think even it. when you look at something like into the dalek uh capaldi's second episode that there there is Was that a second no... episode
0: yeah. oof yeah bad I know. luck
1: um the the fact that the only real main Dalek was Rusty Mm. the less spoken about him the better we'll get to that um like there was always a central Dalek you don't have episodes where there's just Daleks for the sake of Daleks even when you go back to the classic series there's always something or someone in charge mm -hmm. there's always a supreme Dalek there has to be some kind of You know, drive to the Dalek race that isn't just their default programming. Because if you just had a bunch of Daleks on default programming, it's like cool, boring. Yeah,
2: but also, was it?
1: You've got the cult of Scaro who are spearheading whatever they're doing. Did
2: you um Did you say in the episode or outside of the episode that they would that there was an episode where they were fighting each other?
1: In the episodes, in the end of Revelation of the Daleks. For Colin Baker begins yeah. sort of a Dalek civil what war. I meant was, and then re- re- remembrance of the Daleks was the civil war. What I meant war.
2: was, have, did you talk about it in the last hour on this podcast, or am I thinking of a conversation we had outside of the podcast? No, I, We've spoken we about it. We have. On this okay, great. Like, this yes. is how broken my brain is at the moment. Like, I can't remember <laughs> what we talked about it. But yes, I think if you didn't have a leader, that would happen far more often in the. Like yeah. it, they would just resort to infighting Because they would just be like They wouldn't know what to do And then they'd just be like We hate everything Let's just kill each other Well
1: admittedly Admittedly The Daleks Civil war started Because they had too many well, leaders Well quite But Because it was in Davros And in a Supreme Dalek So technically it started in Resurrection of the Daleks Not Revelation mm. Oh I'm rubbish at this You are Call
2: myself a You are fan. not as rubbish as me though <laughs> So that's fine
1: What Our very own Danny Megan uh has asked favorite two villains in the series not counting the empty child or the dialects
2: oh okay um yeah i mean they're a bit obvious aren't they
1: um i think we should think of two between us. first me... one two, two, if we do two between us okay rather than do two each because that's yeah, gonna yeah, kind yeah. of tough number one blonde Fellfotch. specifically yeah. blonde just her just after boomtown on her own. which is as we've discussed on the, on the episode for the podcast boomtown is horrifically underrated and blonde is one of the reasons why so blonde fell forch pass me a day slavine so not the slavine as a whole but her
2: um i'm trying to think back through the enemies that were well, you've
1: got you've got Autons, yes. you've got cassandra yes. you've got the gelf yes slavine you have the Jagrafes, you have the reapers that's What's it. the
2: gelf? Oh, the ghosty things. The ghosts. I think. Wait, what was the question? Scariest or favorite?
1: Uh, the favorite two villains. I. are the Daleks or the Empty Child. Personally, so blonde is the blonde is the first. I think
2: quite liked. Uh, I'm torn between Cassandra and mm. the Reapers. Because Cassandra is that snide little bitch who's like, I'm a bit evil, and so I'm going to do a bad thing. I'm (laughs) a bit evil. Hi. Whereas the Reapers are far scarier because there's no reasoning with them. Um,
1: I think if you gave me that those two and picked one, I'd say. I the think Reapers. I was leaning
2: slightly more towards Reapers because Cassandra's just like a bit of comic relief almost, isn't she? She's like, just a bit. She's just a bit trampoline. trampoline. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the Reapers are maybe my favourite other than obviously The Empty Child and Dalek because uh, they are kind of like you can't escape them, really. Like, I know that they did, but, like, in, you know, you can't that's really... That's only by setting the yeah, timeline like,
1: right. You, you can't, can't escape, escape them if they are there to do There's their
2: thing. There's no reasoning th- with them. There's no, like, second chance. Like, you just are gonna die, and that's kind of like... <laughs> I think that would be... Also, just their kind of, like, how they come about, I think, is much more interesting. And the whole yeah. episode, the whole episode as a whole, is, like, more interesting than Cassandra souls.
1: I think one of the things I like about them is, yeah, as you said, the fact you can't escape them. They are scary. I just think I love the idea that they're just just there to do what they do. Mm. That is just what they do.
2: Yeah, they're just doing a job.
1: That's it's like you can you can screw up somehow. You could, you know, it could be like life on Mars where you realize you've just time traveled. You step on a butterfly and everything goes to poop and the Reapers turn up. It can just happen. Uh, as much as it's the only time it does it we've had the conversation about the continuity of the reapers in that podcast but yeah mm. i think the reapers are good because they are so it is, it's like a naturally occurring thing it's not uh someone out to get financial gain like cassandra it's not the mm-hmm. daleks trying to take over the world it's not the Slovene trying to blow up the earth it's just this happened they're here yeah that's just how it works and that's what made them scary with the idea that you can't escape it, it's just gonna happen. Kind of like how Moffat plays to statues and like the the relentless empty child, as much as we can't say that one because it is automatically one of the best ones. Mm. So that, I think that's what we'd say. Blondefeld Foch, past Midday and, and the Reapers for those. Yeah.
2: Um Esme Star asks, uh where mm, she's asked a question about like comparing Eccleston's regeneration with the rest. So she basically said, "Where would you rank Eccleston's regeneration and speech compared to the other Doctors in New Who?" So I don't know whether we'll answer that one or not.
1: I think we won't answer that because as much as we we have already like referenced future things uh, on the podcast, we've only very briefly mentioned stuff. But I think we're gonna we're trying not to do. We try not to alienate people who are going through the series for the first time. Mm. If you are someone who is going through the series for the first time, and you are a li- and you are liking the, pl- the podcast, please let yeah. us know because I'd love to know how many people are, are listening to this who have come across Who Culture or like know me from What Culture Gaming or whatever, and you've thought, you know what? Screw it, let's give Doctor Who a go how many of you are going through this for the first time? Because ideally I don't want to alienate people and start talking about events in the future that people have got no idea what's going to happen. I know we've touched upon things, but that's as much as I'll do. Mm -hmm. So I think when it comes to our podcast episodes about... Regenerations in the future, then we'll start comparing, comparing them. them. Like when it comes to David Tennant's, we'll compare it to Eccleston's. When it comes to Matt Smith's, we'll compare it to Eccleston's and Tennant's. Yeah. And blah, blah, I'm blah, quite, blah. I mean, so I, I think do, for now, we'll, a, I, like, we'll we hang fire on that We have slightly answered
2: one. the question by saying, like, it is emotional and stuff. And I think without, like, giving anything away about the other regenerations, I rank Eccleston's as up there. Like, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good regeneration. I think it's Absolutely. more. It's higher for me than some later ones like yeah you know definitely. i won't give too much away but i think maybe it's higher than capaldi's like at least Honestly, i, I okay. mean to be honest i can't really remember capaldi's regeneration so i think that's why <laughs> i'm ranking it slightly higher because i remember Fair eccleston's enough. but i don't remember capaldi's so there you go that's Fair a enough. sort of answer
1: tony asks is there a better line in doctor who than rose before i go I just want to tell you, you were fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and you know what? So was I. I think we've kind of covered that.
2: I mean, that there line. might be, but I can't remember. There probably are better lines, and I think in terms
1: of <laughs> in terms of powerful, powerful lines, it's it's definitely up there. And again, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil things. Because mm. there is one, there is a line by David Tennant after he hears the knocks before he opens the door Ooh. that is so powerful mm. that is Feed a me, give end. it
2: to me i love it Ooh. yeah
1: <laughs> but that we've already kind of been over that but that particular like oh, sequence line <clears throat> that that see that that moment of uh, Equiston you know the realization of him seemingly like he can he can respect himself again that's that's huge for the character so yeah we'll kind of we'll kind of half bypass that one as
2: yeah. well um, Amy. The Broad Review on YouTube asks, if you had to recommend one episode or story that sums up all the qualities of the Ninth Doctor, which would it be? Because he's currently been, w- or they, sorry, they have been currently watching uh, classic Doctor Who and friends of theirs want to give it a go but are a bit daunted by the vastness of it and then asked for a single story which sums up the Doctor to kind of give them a flavour of whether it's worth watching the rest.
1: It sounds like a bit of a cop-out answer.
2: You're gonna say dark. Because it's the first you?
1: episode. No, I was gonna say Rose. Oh, were you? I was gonna say Rose. If you are if you are new to Doctor Who or you're wanting to get somebody into Doctor Who, start them on Rose. Mm. A because it's yeah, the most logical place to start. To start at the very beginning, a very nice place to start. <laughs> um I'm assuming you can't continue that lyric. Uh,
2: No, props not. When you
1: read, you begin with ABC. You've never seen The Sound of Music. No, I haven't. So um, (laughs) spam. Yeah, I think Rose... Like, I mean, you are right. I did think Dalek. I think
2: Dalek is a very good...
1: There's a lot more baggage with Dalek than there is with Rose. If, like, it's one of those things where if you weren't convinced by... If you weren't convinced by Rose, I would say jump to Dalek, Mm. but then you miss four episodes. However, So I would genuinely say rose if you want to get into doctor who there's no point in starting halfway through no. somewhere you might as well start with rose
2: however i think in terms of this question that like obviously they've said like that sums up all the qualities of the ninth doctor i think dalek would be the one i would pick dalek would be because... the
1: one but it, because of the context of oh, the question yeah, saying so yeah. they've got friends that want to yes. start the series start with rose, rose. but but if you, if you want, if you're like having that craving for some Eccleston, you just want a slice of every mm-hmm. bit of them. I think if down. they're
2: really, really reluctant to watch the first episode, make them watch Dalek and then they'll be like, oh, but what's he talking about? What's this? What's this? And then they will go back and be like, just,
1: oh, I really like this. It's like, cool. Go, go back and, and watch, watch Dalek and start because then again. Because will see
2: how he gets there. Um, yeah, that would be my answer.
1: Matthew Kirk has the final question. Asking if the doctor had activated the delta wave and survived, do you think Rose would have carried on traveling with him? Ooh. I think yes, because she's happily helping him make mm, it. That's true. She's not questioning it. It's not. She questions the doctor when he's about to blow the Dalek to smithereens in Dalek. But. When up against a Dalek fleet like this, that the Rose is stood there and looked all disgusted when the Emperor was talking about converting humans into Daleks, and the Doctor saying these guys are scavengers, they're crazy, they're ridiculous, like they're they're insane. Rose just goes, "Yep, yeah, I'll help I'll help you with this." So I think, yeah. I can understand, I can completely understand the, the the point of the question of thinking, would Rose's morality go along with that? But I think the answer, very subtle. the question, the answer to the question is very subtly there in the fact that she's not questioning him doing it.
2: However, I would However, argue ever so slightly, she isn't there when it's revealed what the true power of the Delta wave will be. She doesn't that know is also very true. that it's going to wipe out all of humanity. She only knows that it's this, the doctor's fix for getting rid of the Daleks so i think yeah it's a difficult one to judge because obviously we don't really know what would've happened but i would like to think that she would question the morality of the decision however i think when you look at all the evidence and you think realistically um earth in 200 100,000 whatever we decided it was called Um, Earth in that year has already been bombed by the Daleks and is pre mangled like and realistically probably a good sort of 60% of the Earth's population are already dead and like the Doctor says the humans have spread out across the universe they would find a way to survive I think Rose would be too short sighted as I think Basically, most of us would be in that situation and be like, no, I love this man. He made the best decision that he could out of the options and therefore would not begrudge him for doing it. I think it, yes, it might have made her look at him slightly differently, but I don't think she would have gone so far as to say, no, I'm not going to travel with you anymore because that's the life she wants. That's the life she sort of thingied. She sort of uh you know she what's the word i'm looking for like swears to be she loyal to the... to the doctor and she sort of like you know puts herself in that position to yeah. not leave him and so i think even if he had done it i think she still would have traveled with him like it might have been a bit of a blip on their kind of like emotional uh togetherness if you a lack of a better word yeah. but I don't think she would have stopped traveling with him
1: no but yeah there are all the questions that we had sent in uh, we did as said we did sort of skip a couple that were more leaning into the, looking into the future of the series which again we don't want to really cover too much in case it does spoil things for people again if you are new to the series let us mm-hmm. know like please let us know in the comments or on Twitter at uh, who culture or at either of us use the hashtag escaping and we can find it uh, that would be much appreciated but now it comes to the point where we talk about the series as a whole which to be honest we've kind of already covered yeah. but I think the main thing to talk about now is to do our ranking
0: yes.
1: of the stories so technically there are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten God. stories because there are two three two parters in there okay so I think we've both decided kind of before, the, uh, we started recording which to be honest we'd have probably agreed on anyway. Pass it a
2: guess as to what our top episode is. The
1: best episode of series one, hands down Dalek. Is Dalek. There is no questions about that. Dalek exemplifies, as we've said as one of the questions was, Dalek exemplifies everything incredible about <laughs> Uh, the doctor i said it on the podcast that dalek is an amazing story and the idea that it explores a single dalek and how dangerous it is definitely listen to jubilee if you do have spotify and the fact that i found the big finishes on spotify is the best thing um jubilee is amazing you can kind of see where the beats are but it's not like a much more drawn out because it's like two and a half hours long jubilee it's not like a really drawn out episode of dalek is very different but you can see the narrative or hear the narrative beats that's played upon and the idea of a single dalek being dangerous isn't actually the right word for jubilee but like it's the the, the idea of a singular dalek being there yeah is what makes it interesting um so yeah dalek i think dalek is the, the um number one if we jump right back down to the bottom
2: oh the worst
1: now because Overall, as I've already said, I think Series 1 is... Pretty damn perfect. perfect. There's very little I change. I think the worst episode of Series 1 is, like, leagues higher than what I would consider to be bad episodes in the series going forward. So, what do you think will be one of the worst episodes or stories of Series 1?
0: Hmm.
1: Because as much as this is a tough decision, my mind goes to aliens of
2: london world war 3 it's not bad
1: by any stretch
2: i think but i think if
1: i had to rank the the stories in this series that would be towards the bottom if not at the bottom but the bottom doesn't necessarily mean bad
2: yeah because so episode one was rose episode
1: so we've got rose the end of the world the unquiet dead then you have got aliens aliens of london world war 3 as a two-part so that's one entry Dalek, Long Game, Father's Day, Empty Child Doctor Dances, that's a two-parter, Boomtown, and then Bad Wolf Party, otherwise.
0: Uh,
2: it's a tricky one, because, yeah, Aliens of London and World War Three. Um,
1: they have their they moments do. of being brilliant, and usually However, it's because of Blonde.
2: I'm not sure whether I would argue that the Long Game... For me, is one of the lower ones, like maybe the lowest, because mm. although it sets up like the bigger picture with Satellite Five yeah. as a standalone story, I think it's pretty blasé. Actually, yeah, do you
1: know what? I think I think I would agree with you on that one. I think there are more there are more good dealing qualities to Alien yeah. and, Aliens yeah. on the War Three than there are to Long yeah, Game. I think. So do you think we should put Long Game in yeah, the bottom? Probably, just. So, Long Game at number 10. Yes. I think maybe Aliens and Bubble 3 at number 9, above it. Yeah. Or would you put maybe something like Unquiet Dead? Well,
2: I was thinking Unquiet long? Dead, but like, End of the World as well is kind of like, it's okay. But I kind of see it on a similar thing to Long Game. Like, I think it does set up the the universe and the whole thing really well. Mm, I think they're yeah. all on a bit of a I, level pegging. This is really hard. I
1: think I would put, personally, I think I would do *Unquiet Dead at nine, the Slitheen* 2 part at eight, and then End of the World at seven. Because End of the World is the one that starts to lean into the Time Ooh, War not sure. stuff, and you get to see more of the Doctor. I don't know. More of the Doctor's past. I don't do know, know
2: whether I would put um, End of the World at nine.
1: Um, end of the world at nine. I
2: th- I'm not sure. Unless I would put I, the. Uh, see, I quite like the, the, the sequences Dead. with. I think it's like a.
1: Yeah, again, the thing is, it's like there's nothing about this ranking that is outright bad.
2: I don't think but, I'd put the Unquiet Dead that low.
1: I think the end of the world deserves to go higher because of the sequences with Jabe and the Doctor. Those things explore, d- digging deeper into the Doctor's character, like probably a lot earlier than you probably realised. I think it's really good. Okay. And overall, the episode is good. I think
2: then we should do Aliens of London World War 3 at 9. Okay. Because I think it sort of sits in the middle. Like, I'm toying between whether to put The Unquiet Dead or End of the World.
1: Should we say for like 9 to 7? 9 to 6 are all like kind of level yeah, pegging anyway? Like,
2: I think so. We'll do uh, Long Game at 10, End of
1: the World at 8.
2: And. And like, yeah, Aliens of London world game War at 10, 3.
1: Aliens of London World War Three, and nine. then End of the World at Eight?
2: Yeah. Um, I think um,
1: I would personally put End of the World above Unquiet Dead, personally.
2: Yeah, although the Unquiet Dead does have some really funny bits with Charles Dickens, I think overall I
1: There's a lot more than yeah, End In terms world. of the grander scheme of Doctor Who with End of yeah. the World. So we put Unquiet Dead at number mm-hmm. eight. end of the world at number seven let's jump back to the top and go for number two god which i think is unequivocally empty child doctor dances i think number two there's there's nothing else that matches that in my opinion number three so what we have left we have rose uh we have father's day we have boomtown we have bad wolf passing other ways
2: Okay, I I would probably say Boomtown should go at six if that's where we're up to on that portion of the list.
1: Boomtown at six? Yeah, Yeah, I think I can agree with that. Because it's
2: a great character study. Father's Day at five. That's what I was going to say. In the same vein, I think Father's Day at five because, again, it's a fab character study, but like, not a lot happens. Although I do quite like it. I mean.
1: Again, again, there's nothing about this. Is This is a... I wouldn't say this is a worst to best. No, I, I think this is just a general ranking of the episodes because there's nothing in this series that I would consider to be bad. Bad. So, and then then the last question is, because we've got one and two, and we've got up to five, we need three and four. And the only things that are left are the beginning and the end, and that's Rose, and then Bad Wolf Passing of the Ways.
0: I, I can't Ooh. tell
1: whether i'm leaning oh. into rose being better oh i was thinking the, the
2: opposite i'm
1: were you i think it's because bad wolf for the grand scheme of things is an episode about killer game shows yeah whereas rose is so fascinating mm, as an yeah, episode yeah i think th-
0: Thinking when exploring about the it. character
1: of Rose and the family side of things, but then also reintroducing the Doctor in such a new mysterious way.
2: Yeah. So I can't think it. I think thinking about I it, I would it. put Bad Wolf Part of the Ways at three and Rose at two. Or do I think Bad Wolf two. Part of the Ways should be lower? Yeah, that's What's true. In but I don't... What's in
1: fourth. Um. Have I written down? Hang I think on. you've
2: done it wrong, haven't you? One, two,
1: three. Have I written down a number twice? I can't tell. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. One, I two, can't see what you're three, doing, so I can't four, tell. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are definitely ten stories.
2: Right? How have I missed? So, four? what have you done?
1: I don't know. I seem to have not written down
2: a four. So, what have we got at 10?
1: So, at 10, we've got The Long Game. Yeah. At 9, we've got Aliens in London World yeah. War 3. 8 is Unquiet Dead. End of the World is yeah. 7. 6 is Boomtown. Yeah. 5 is Father's Day.
2: Yeah. 4 is blank. Currently. Yeah. And then we've got Rose. Have, I- have you just miscounted the amount of stories? Oh,
1: no, I've written two twice. Oh. Sorry, Rose. Sorry. <laughs> that's what i've done wrong so and if we put bad wolf parting ways at four yeah. rose would be at three empty child at two Darling at right. one i'd written two twice uh uh yeah i'd written that two twice me. that's why it's thrown me so much i was like i can't get my head around how this has gone so, so four is this is our ranking the ways what's it four is parting the ways rose so is what's at so
2: five father's day
1: father's day i so, think
2: i would put father's day above bad wolf Parting of the ways personally Ooh. because i think i enjoy father's day much more than i enjoy the two part finale because although the two part finale is action it is like the end of the story i don't
1: there's a lot more heft i really to like father's, father's day. day it
2: makes me more emotional i feel more when i'm watching it i think it's a really clever mm. story and although battle of and the ways is clever i think it's just kind of like throw a bunch of pieces together and hope they fit
1: i can see i do see what you mean but this is also the end of his series it is and um. i feel like the ramp up to his regeneration and passing in the ways is amazing so i okay personally think i would leave okay. it but maybe this is something we should open up to the uh to the what's comments your ranking the twist questions <laughs> so a what is your ranking of the episodes but do group the, the two parties as yeah do the ranking of the stories together not so the there'll be 10 entries mm-hmm. on your list um and would you put father's day above bad wolf parting of the ways or the other way around so our ranking is the bottom is the long game number nine is aliens of london world war 3 unquiet dead at number 8 end of the world at number 7 boomtown at number 6 father's day at number 5 bad wolf parting ways at 4 rose at 3 MC Child, Doctor's Answer at two, and Dalek at one. I think I think I agree with that ranking overall, yeah, to be honest I with you. I think that sounds about like right. I said, I don't know if anything about, that, anything about this series that is outright bad. We don't have a love on monsters, which I'm really looking forward to oh my next God, series.
2: Oh that next series?
1: Mainly because I'm looking forward to picking apart the bits that are actually good. Wait, is that
2: next series? Because
1: that's next oh, series. Cool. It's a Rosen... Well, I said oh, Rosen. I can't wait until he it.
2: shanks a stone. Let's.
1: <laughs> Who wants to get a blowy
2: from a concrete slab? Who wants to make you moaning, Myrtle? Oh for
1: goodness' <laughs> sake! But that is our ranking of our, of the episodes of series one. Amy, final thoughts of series one. Your closing statement of series um,
2: one. Pretty bloody brilliant, I think. Was a. Uh...
1: I was expecting I should have been expecting something more eloquent no
2: you shouldn't ever no I think it was it was good it was that's a really poor way to it's like when your English teacher goes don't use the word nice Um, it was (laughs) a pretty bloody good time I think is you know No, I think it's um, it was very very well conceived it was very Mm -hmm. well thought out from Episode 1 to episode 13, there were lots of beats that landed. The humour from Eccleston is just top-notch. Um, mm-hmm. And overall, it is one of the series that I would never mind re-watching over and over and over again. I think it's pretty yeah. spectacular. I think there's always something new that I notice when watching it. And yeah, yeah it was a pretty good time. I
1: think for a revival of a show, they could not have done it any yeah. better. I think, as you said, the the, the production of the series is incredible. Mm-hmm. The, the story arc is amazing. The the individual episodes, there's very little that you could really like heavily scrutinize. There's a lot of stuff coming in the future of Doctor Who. Either you already know this because you know the series, or if you are new to the series, that you've got a lot of crap coming your way. Yeah. Trust me. But Oof, a lot of good stuff stinkers. But also a lot of really good stuff. This isn't like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of average bar of quality, I, oh, it sets I think the, bar the series high. one has not been met yet. I think series one is still mm. the top. If I, I might have to do this. If I do a ranking of all the series, series one to 13, yeah. I think series one would actually be the top. Mm. Genuinely. I think series one. Would I think be the there top. might
2: be a couple series, of Tenant episodes that potentially sway Tenant it. Tenant
1: series will be pretty high yeah. as well. Um, but I, w- I won't reveal what my my least like series is. If you've watched the series, if you've watched any videos of Doctor Who from me, you probably know what series is my least favorite. Um, but I, I think see, as I've said before, I think Series One is immaculate. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's so little to pick apart, and it's it's so ingrained in my mind. I don't want to pick them no. apart. Like, I'll happily pick them apart for the sake of this podcast, but they're the kind of things I pick apart that I won't sit on for the rest of my life. I won't sit here and think, I wish I could like this episode, but this little thing is still a bit on my tits. I'm just like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's Eccleston. He's my favorite Doctor. And I obviously can't speak for what's to come for, for Doctor Who, but I don't see that changing. I think there's a. It's a very high bar for me to yeah. to surpass. Ecclestone I don't think we're ever as, really going to surpass doctor.
2: series one from New Who. Now I think we would have to have no. a complete overhaul. I think they'd need to go off air for another. 16 I think they years. would. I genuinely do because I think it's got to that point. Like
1: it needs that yeah. time, and there's so many people calling for that. Some people calling it for for their you know very backwards reasons. Others calling for it because there has I been a it's bit just of a. Run its- a couple of flubs. I like. and I would agree. If they put Doctor Who on the shelf for another couple of years, it would be annoying for the Doctor Who YouTube channel we're running. But I don't think I'd mind. Like, as a viewer, if if, if things got re- if series thirteen ends up being a complete dud, if we get like series eleven but worse, yeah. then woof, we're in trouble. That's that's not going to be good. If, if it's
2: Chibnall staying on for another series, <laughs> we might be in luck.
1: Oh, we'll get to that after Revolution of the Daleks at Christmas. Um, But yeah, I I think Series 1 is incredible. And if you have been watching Series 1 for the first time, be it because you are new to the series or... You did the egregious thing of skipping nine. Uh, How let us dare know you. what you thought. I do, just generally, if you've seen the series a million times, you've gone back like hers and there's, there's new things you can appreciate. Because even me, who's watched series Who one, can
2: quote every single line, probably. Literally,
1: I could probably do a one man show of yeah. Dalek. I've watched the episode so you many times. Could. Like, still finding new things to, to fall in love with about the series. What have you thought of, of series one? What do you think of Parting the Ways? And just what do you think as Christopher Eccleston as a Doctor overall mm-hmm. as someone who is already a fan of him or maybe someone who appreciates him but maybe Tennant or Matt Smith is your favourite because as as much as it sucks to say it there's not many people out there who have Capaldi or nah, Jodie their favourite Doctors I really like Jodie's as as do-
2: like Jodie I love
1: Jodie's Doctor I think- and Capaldi is arguably the most underrated yeah. of all the Doctors I think he was definitely the one who got the most screwed by storylines mm-hmm. um matt smith in a very close yeah, second
2: but i liked matt smith uh, i think
1: but yeah like what did you think of series one and eccleston you have to let us know in the comments below if you are on the youtube version of this podcast if you are listening to it on whatever platform you're on then you can let us know over on twitter at who culture use the hashtag escaping at costurberus you can see the spelling of it in the uh, podcast title if you don't know how to spell costurberus yeah. hopefully you can now the escaping <laughs> i Maybe. would hope so uh, let us know about that so um that i think about wraps up series one sorry for the
2: long break escaping by the way, like
1: yeah apologies for the uh, with with sort of normality like relatively starting to resume we would hope it's been a bit interesting to get like because normally we just record this on a sunday night but that's not always as easy mm-hmm. anymore because you know life is semi returning yeah. to normal there have been moments that we haven't been able to sorry it's not always been uh, communicated but if this podcast ever got killed yeah off, We'd let, yeah. you know. <laughs> We'd let you know. We'd let you know, know at least. Uh, I don't see. It I've been on holiday for but, a week, um, and
2: I start a new job this week, and so we might have to shift around our recording yeah. days a little bit. So, apologies if everything's a bit here and there over the next couple of weeks. We're trying to work out when is the best time, but you will. It
1: would make the most. It, like we, it does kind of make a bit of a logical sense to have that like week to get our heads back in the game, really, because obviously the next episode that we'll be doing will be uh, the Christmas invasion. Yes.
2: Oh God, it's a Christmas episode Ed on the twenty.
1: 20- Ahead on the twenty fifth of <laughs> December two thousand and five, David Tennant's first hey. episode as the Doctor. Um, that's going to be really exciting. So we'll, we'll get back to that in uh, in due probably, course probably soon. So in due course, I'm sure we'll let you know on the recording date if you're following us on Twitter at Who Culture. Usually, I tweet to say, "Hey, we're going to be recording this like in a couple of days' time. So if you've got any questions, send them mm-hmm. in now." So either you can tweet the matters on twitter you can either or, or put them in the comments below as already said about the christmas invasion david tennant's first episode so as i uh, open the podcast with forgetting how what words to say i think this is the point where we say uh thank you thanks to to everyone who's been listening thank to this you podcast. for sticking like, around for as, 13 episodes
2: of us waffling i know
1: as said uh when we started the podcast this idea of us doing a, a rewatch podcast came up
2: a while ago <laughs> i don't
1: know quite a long time ago and with just sort of how my job works it wasn't always the most feasible but then suddenly hey let's do a Doctor Who channel and then it was like cool can, can I do a podcast Yay. now and, and I've been like, drafted
2: yeah. along for the ride
1: <laughs> I mean there's no one else I know that I could really nah. do it with so there's no one else I'd want oh, to do oh thanks
2: it with, you actually said something nice about honest. me for once
1: if it got if it got to around like right we need to do this with somebody else I'd be like well oh, no. <laughs> no ah, I don't know as much thanks, as I have a friend. lot of friends who are Huge Doctor Who fans. Uh, I don't know who else I'd have to do this podcast with, at least as my, you know, co-host through the entire thing. It'd be really cool to have people on, like, yeah, guest appearances cool. for specific episodes. That'd be super cool. Um, just a shame that there's, like, not really many people, if anyone, at what culture on, like, the presenter side who actually watches Doctor Who apart from Yeah, no, sadly. That's so, why you're
2: doing it with me, your loving girlfriend, yay. instead. Ah,
1: <laughs> oh, fun. But thank you all for for supporting this podcast like seeing the comments and seeing the tweets and even people commenting on the videos that aren't even the podcast on the who calls your youtube channel just like who's here from the podcast like i literally saw somebody put that in a oh, comment so and it was cool. like that's so that's so damn nice that you guys are always thinking about the podcast when we've had people tweeting like where's yeah, the next episode awesome. of the podcast what are you doing stop scratching your balls and We're get not, on with it promise life is busy life is a life is kind of coming back slightly partially kind of but um thank you thank you very much for supporting it it really does mean a lot like i said we've wanted to do this for a long time and the fact that it's it's taken off and a lot of you've been sending us really great messages Mm -hmm. and uh just the general response even just the view counts have been great on this because this could have just fallen completely into obscurity but you know you guys listening to this as a has kept it going so thank you so much for all of that so we'll see you uh soon at some point this is the longest episode yeah, so far jesus so like an it's almost hour, two hours long an hour and three quarters Eww. we knew it would be a longer episode because we are doing like episode review series review and questions um but thank you we're gonna be kicking things off with a sort of series two episode zero yeah. basically or series one episode 14 it's kind but of weird as to where really, it really they're just sits. Christmas
2: specials aren't they they're not actually counted in series are they
1: no, but usually when you see them on like Netflix or BBC iPlayer they put I think they are put with I the series I think it's with the
2: series that the doctor is in so like it's David's series yeah, because it's Yeah.
1: Cuz I think when I when I got my original DVDs I have said this before my, I have my custom my original custom DVDs downstairs uh and the first tenants DVD was the one that the Christmas invasion came Yeah, well came that's on. because
2: it's the first episode with um, Tenant in it so you wouldn't put it on Eccleston exactly. Series, so we'll probably group it
1: together like that. So uh so series episode 2 zero. kind of Series 2, episode 0 will be coming your way maybe week after next. We'll, we'll let you yeah, know. We'll tweet. We're not planning on going like a hiatus. Mm-mm. We'll just take a take a moment to be like, right, okay, we're between series now. Let's whew, let's get back on track and get back yeah. on with this. Give you guys a bit of time to catch up if you are catching up on the, uh, the podcast. But uh, please, again, if you've got any questions regarding... The Christmas Invasion, send them to us on Twitter at WhoCulture, use the hashtag EscapingCostabros, or just stick them in the comments if you're on YouTube right now. But until then, that has been the Escaping Costabros podcast. Series Bye. one is over. Thank you, Christopher Eccleston, for being so goddamn Thank amazing. for being
2: fantastic.
1: And I'm so excited to hear you again. Mm. It's going to be phenomenal. Yes. For now, though. I have been Rich, you can follow me on Twitter at Pickup Change. And toe. I have been
2: Amy, you can follow me on Instagram at Ames underscore Elizabeth.
1: Indeedy. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you again for your support of Series 1 of Escape Custabarous. We will see you Goodbye. soon. Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> August!
1: <laughs> Merry Bye. Christmas! God, God bless no. us, everyone.
2: No. Bye.